Hello and welcome once more to another fantabulous Soccer at the Speed of Sound episode of Football Furioso. I know you're wondering, Norris, there was no league matches this weekend. Well, guess what? We're still going to talk about the league because international football is, well, way too much football that we got time to watch. So... I'm your host, Norris Howard. Nolan, wing back to my left. What's up? Hey, you know, going to talk about a little bit for each league, Spain, Italy, Germany, and more. Yeah, man. I, I heard you ain't got to say what school, but I heard you went to a, to a col- uh, your old college homecoming. Yeah. I How mean, was it? Listen, the international bait couldn't have came at a better time. Let's just say that. All I right. would not have had the wherewithal to uh, get through some matches this weekend. Yeah, nah, I feel you, and I appreciate that. So, you know, today, like we said, there's no uh, league matches that were going on over the weekend, but we did want to take some time to talk a little bit about the European leagues because we mentioned them kind of in a, in, a, in a vacuum. You know, we talk about a specific player, and then we got to say, well, their team's doing well, and da 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 you know, talking about the Champions League. So I wanted to take some time this week and talk a little bit about was going on in the European leagues, uh, starting with La Liga, the league pitcher there, Real Madrid in the league, Girona. Girona. Yeah. Number two, Barcelona, number three, and Atletico Madrid, number four, Atleti uh, Bilbao in fifth. So, you know, as we look at La Liga, obviously it's always that sort of two-and-a-half-horse race between Madrid and Barcelona with sometimes uh, Madrid or Atletico Madrid, you know. And, and and clearly, I think the story, however, in La Liga is our main man, Jude Ballon d'Or. <laughs> I mean, the man is... I got to ask a very, very specific question, Nolan. Okay. Is Jude Bellingham the best player in the world right now? I have to say yes. I think that what he has done for Madrid so far in such a small sample size, I think that right now he is showing to be the best player currently based on stats, based on his involvements in the matches. um, He's in the Champions League playing well. I think that right now he would be my top player. I mean, it's hard. It's so hard for me to argue against that. You know, like it's you look at what he's been able to do. And I would argue, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, how hard it is to play at Manchester United, how hard it is to play at, you know, certain other, you know, places. People say Arsenal can be hard to play at because the fan fan base, you know, will turn on you. I think Madrid is the toughest place on earth to play soccer. Right. I think it is the toughest place on the planet to be a professional footballer. Just the, the standards, the culture... All of it, you know, put together just feels so like, how does anyone succeed? But that's why only the best of the best succeed at Madrid, typically. Um, he has become a man among men, yes, in a quarter of the season's time, and so young, and so young. And you know, I just don't see right now. Who that actually there's one other person I could think of. We'll talk about him later. I don't see who right now is a better all-around footballer than Jude Bellingham. Yeah, and he currently has eight goals in the league, two assists. And then in Champions League, he already has two goals and an assist. So if you look at that in playing what was that about 10 matches now? 
he's had such an impact on Madrid where you have to think, okay, you know, recently Barcelona has been on the rise. Now you're seeing Madrid start to match that level. And you're looking at a player who I think, if you look at Carlo Ancelotti and how Madrid play, I think that this is why I say he's the best player because he's changed his tactics. You know, typically he's more of like a um, kind of, you know, 4-4-3, I'm um, sorry, 4-3-3. He's almost getting to a 4-4-2 now where Jew playing more of like a 10-role playmaker and he can play so many positions. Or a the, false nine. Yeah, and he's having the wingers push up more, which is typically not what Ancelotti has done. So I think that that alone has almost made more of like relationships the game where Jude is that centerpiece for him. Yeah, no, and, and you know, that was the one thing that I saw that really kind of took me by surprise when I saw how Madrid were playing is that, you know, they they were changing their tactics, and you did see Jude in some real odd positions, and you have seen, you know, Kamavinga play multiple positions this season already, and it, you're just seeing, you almost see Ancelotti, like, rebuild the team in front of us. Right. You know what I mean? As opposed to, like, one day the formations change. Like, yeah. you know, but no, we're seeing it happen almost in real time on the pitch. Ancelotti sort of constructed from his mind and you know I, I think that's crazy to see I think Madrid I think uh, 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 unfortunately I think they're shoe-ins for La Liga I think they're shoe-ins for the league we'll see with Champions League but I think when it comes to La Liga they are shoe-ins I want to talk a little bit about Girona here's what's weird about them uh, they're in second place wedged right between Real Madrid and Barcelona I'm gonna just say this to everybody right now who may Say, oh, that sounds like, oh, they could challenge. No. Right. No. In in the past five matches, they've played all of the bottom, I think all but one of the bottom uh, seven teams. So they ain't played nobody. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, and I think that you would hope that a little bit of that rubs off and they say, hey, maybe we have a good enough squad to, you know, be okay throughout the season. I just think that being a second for a team like Jerome has to feel big, though. Yeah, it does. And I mean, if they keep it going and get some one of these European spots, I think they will be elated with that. But we are going to move over a little bit to Serie A in Italy. Now, the main story here in Italy with Serie A is you, you got Milan and Inter firmly at the top of the table. But Roma, man, Roma, this is, I mean, they were in the mix for Europa League, you know, really looking like they were finally going to bring home some silverware. Obviously, we know all about Mourinho and his tirade against the referees and right. all this kind of stuff. But they just have not done it this season. Yeah, and I mean, they're sitting in 10th, you know. It's just not where they want to be looking up the table. You know, there's some tough games coming up for them. I just think that they have been the biggest disappointment in Serie A so far. Yeah, and I mean, especially when you look at some of the talent. Like, these these are, you, you say some of these names and they should be better than what they are. Like, they have Dybala, they have Tammy Abraham, they have Hassam Owar, they have, you know, uh, 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 Paradise. They mm -hmm. have you know Spinazzola. They have you know Pellegrini still, and th these are these are good players. Right. And so you know you get kind of confused sometimes when you see this, but uh, you know they they haven't been the team that we saw uh, last season, and I think that really opens the door up uh, to a team like Fiorentina uh, to potentially uh, to potentially challenge for a European spot. Yeah, 
And I have to add on, you, you look at this league in general, what's so funny about some of these other leagues is AC Milan, um, they had a game where <laughs> their goalkeeper was sent off and Giroud Olivier came on, Giroud, yes. Came on and made a save. Yeah. <laughs> and one player to match, one man of the match. And one man of the match. So you just love these leagues. You love and things like that though do propel your team though. So that's good oh, for yeah. locker room chemistry as well as just being able to say, you know what, things happen, we still pick it up. So it's it just feels to me, and I don't know if people feel this way about Inter, but the way I've always felt, I don't have no idea why I feel this way. <laughs> It, Milan has always been a team that's impossible for me to dislike. Right. Like, I, I know they're owned by a not great guy. Like, yeah. I know they have a segment of their fans who are not great. Yeah. But it's just, they're just a club that I'm just like, dog, oh, they're so cool. They're just like, cool. I just, I don't want to hate that. And then you think of the players that have played for him. You know what I'm saying? You got, yeah. well, Pirlo don't play everywhere. But you didn't got, you know, you got Pirlo. You had Zlatan. You mm -hmm. had. Uh, you know, Seydorf, you had Ronaldinho, you had so everybody, so many players, all, a lot of the players that I was just be like, man, they so cool. You know, Maldini, yeah. just cool, man. And I'm just, just like, just like Milan, man. <laughs> they're just cool. But anyway, we're going to take a slight break. We're going to come back after the break and talk a little bit about what's happening in Bundesliga and why a striker in Germany could potentially be the best player in the world. Stick around. We got more. Football Furioso coming up. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Football Furioso. Soccer at the speed of sound. Your host, Norris Howard, alongside my blood brother, Nolan the Wingback, the Bundesliga. Now, First thing I want to bring up, Harry Kane, one of the most prolific strikers in Premier League history, finally got away from Spurs, a man who had been looking for a transfer since what felt like 1985. Yeah. So we got Harry Kane now playing for just a team spoiled for riches Right. at Bayern. How do you feel about it, man? How do you feel about Kane's season so far? Uh, I think that he has been a revolution for them. I think that it's a revolution for him as well to go somewhere new. And I think he has to be happy. He looks around and all he has is ballers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he doesn't have to be the main, uh, you know, steerer of the ship. He's able yeah. to do his role, play up front there. He's already had seven goals. Um, he's had a couple assists to Sané. And he's just had a good, solid start. And I think that both the fans of the team as well as himself should feel uh, really happy where they are right now. Yeah, I would say so as well. And then especially if they eventually push to win the league, which it feels like, you know, that is just what Bayern do. Right. It kind of don't matter what place <laughs> they're in right now. They'll just put it together in January, February and not lose for 20 straight matches. Right. And, you know, go on to win the league. And, you know, I'm not going to say I'm not hoping that that's what happens here. But, like, how, if you're a Spurs fan, how would you feel if this man Harry Kane went off into the sunset and won a league? Because I don't think Spurs are good enough to stay in the number one spot for too much longer. But, you know, stranger things have happened. Yeah. But I think Kane winning and, like, winning in Germany is more likely than Spurs winning in England. Yes. How would you feel? Do you feel like Spurs fans would be just happy for Harry Kane? Or do you feel like... 
he just went and glory chased. I think I think any real fan of Spurs would say, you know what? I'm just happy he got to do it. He stayed there really longer than we all thought he would. But I think overall, they would have wanted him to stay and try to win one there, which obviously is Spurs. They haven't had much success lately. Mm -hmm. But only because he was their talisman. I think they'll look back and he'll be one of those names that'll be in Spurs history. Well, of course. So I think that that's why they would want him to. So I think you'll have half and half. I think some will be happy. Some will be a little sour that he goes and lifts a trophy probably in his first season. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know... I was about to say it's kind of like Henri, but I think it's different because Henri won things with Arsenal right. and then left and, and you know, whatever. Uh, but, you know, I, I I just feel like you can't, you couldn't be angry at him. Right. Honestly. And you know me, I can't stand him. <laughs> but, yeah. bias, but um, he's a very good player and he is world class mm-hmm. on his day. And I just think, let the man get his dub. But sitting above Bayern, who are in third, are Leverkusen, who, again, I think every other year just pop up in the top three and then just fade away. Yeah. Uh, And Stuttgart, a surprise to the top four. Stuttgart Mm -hmm. on the backs of their star striker, this man is 27 years old. He's he's hit his prime. Yeah. Uh Seru Garasi. 13 goals already. Seven matches. In seven matches. I mean, he's he has been a revolution, is the word of the day for this. This is dude. I want to say we haven't seen it since Lewandowski, but this is better than he was. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. And he's almost doing it with less help, arguably. And he's significantly. With, he's just picking up the ball in spaces and shooting in it. He can't miss. <laughs> you know what? And I love that kind of player. Like, you know, I, I think, you know, you know who reminds me, you know who could be this kind of player if they really it it you know who's so close? Who? Ollie Watkins. That's there we go. Ollie Watkins is so close to this. Mm-hmm. That that fox in the box, you know, I'm a threat from anywhere in the box, you know, left foot, right foot, whatever. Like so close to this, because when you look at the goals that Garassi has scored this season, they're from all over the place. Yeah. Within the box, though. Yeah, within the box. And I think it goes to his confidence. I think yeah. he's being told, get in the box, do what you do. And I think that sometimes as a striker, you almost feel a little bit too complicated. For him, it's, hey, I'm 27. Let me just get in the box and just be that menace. And he's scoring the goals and he's his confidence is he's, high. If I, if I touch it, I'm shooting. Yep. If I touch it, I'm shooting. Yeah. And, and like, it, it, you're right. That's the right word. Kind of overcomplicated. I feel like strikers have been overcomplicated sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, like, just seeing a guy who just says, if y'all know what I'm doing, so if you don't want me to do it, don't give it to me. Right. You know what I mean? He just is going to score at the, at the moment right now. And, Nolan, hit me with this stat, because I read this stat, and this was crazy. So, just just to give an example of how many goals Garassi has scored. Hit me with the stat. Yeah. He has scored 13 goals in seven matches. Mm-hmm. And he has an assist. Mm. It, it's just something... I mean, having multiple matches, multiple braces. <laughs> Two hat-tricks already this season. I don't see it stopping. He might get to 40. He might get to 40. He's halfway there almost. Let me tell you something. 
his 13 goals, only one third of the entire teams in the top flight of Europe have scored more goals than him. Insane. These is Holland numbers, man. This is better than Holland numbers. Mm -hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. Holland was doing it in the Premier League. But still, you see this and you think, man, if can't nobody stop him, how many can he put up? Yeah. And I just think this is such a crazy and, and amazing story that you're you don't you're not hearing a lot about in a lot of the in a lot of football press because obviously there's a lot of focus on on the Premier League and and, and Harry Kane and, and all the things happening in Champions League. This and as well as Jude Bellingham, like we started the show with. If this guy keeps going, this is the story of the season. Mm -hmm. This is the story of the season of of anybody in 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 any of these leagues, unless Spurs win the Premier League. Yeah, that which, that would be which insane. would be insane. And oh man, yeah. And I think if you add on to it, I think if you look at it, if he can continue this pace, let's say he gets to 30, 40 goals, you look at a player already in his prime. Some of those top teams are saying, you know what? Maybe I go after this guy and I get him for a couple of years. Yeah, and you know it, it's it's crazy because it's been like this flash in the pan season. You might be able to convince some of them teams, like let me go snatch him up right now because mm -hmm. if he's this good for four or five more seasons, then I got hundred million. You know the the I probably have won my league. I probably have done this. I probably have done that. And it's it's just interesting to see a player. I don't want to call him a late bloomer, but just a player at that age that really just. Yes. And just catches it. You know, it's, we've seen this before. We've seen this before. Yeah. We've seen this before. It's from a very angry man from the Midlands. Oh. A very angry man from the English Midlands, Jamie Vardy. Yes. That is great. Yes. Because he came out and said, you know what? I'm going after it. And his confidence never dropped. And he was older than Methuselah than when he got to the <laughs> league, man. That man was like 28. Again, uncomplicated. You're right, though. You're right, though. Maybe that's it. Maybe when you get old, you just got to uncomplicate it, man. North and South. North and South. That's <laughs> it. That's goal. it. That's it, man. We also will close uh, talking a little bit about uh, League Un. Now, league uh, out there in France, we got Monaco at the top of the league, followed by Nice and Paris Saint-Germain. PSG haven't been looking all that great this season. Yeah. I mean, only are at 15 points so far. Um, Mbappe has been a little up and down so far. And it, it has me looking at them and thinking, they'll probably end up getting up higher and maybe even winning the league, of course. But you only get three Champions League spots. Let's say they do have a slide. I mean, could we see them fighting for, you know, in that 3-2 spot for some uh, of the season? You know, it's possible. It's possible. You know, because I feel like League N, what's happening is that you've had such an ex explosion of talent, particularly mm -hmm. in France. Yes. Particularly in France, where you have so much young talent coming out of there. It's kind of the same thing as is happening with England, although France... I would say started a little earlier, you know, I think we're talking about, you know, you talk about N'Golo Kante and Pogba and all them. And Killian is sort of was at the tail end of that group, but you're still seeing a lot of great young French players. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I feel like because of that, you're also seeing the talent, the, 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 the competition in League 1 really increase. 
You yes. know, we're talking not just talking about Monaco, which I think is always a force in league. Uh, yeah. But you're also talking about, you know, Nice, which nice. is has, with Tehran. Yes. And, 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 you know, has built a really strong core of young players, breast and rims right behind PSG. Mm -hmm. These are not your typical French uh, 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 club powerhouses. We're not talking about Lyon. We're not talking, which by the way, Lyon's in the relegation spot right now. Right. We're not talking about uh, uh, Montpellier. We're not talking about Rennes or, or even Marseille, who is just outside of the, the European spots. Yeah. You got teams, man, with these with young players or or very very getting getting a veteran just at the right before the downslide, mm -hmm. and and making a challenge this season. And so I hope it stays this way. Um, and I think yeah, PSG are in real danger because it, you you can't you can't win a league with Mbappe and the Killianettes. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll even add on, you know, those next couple of games, like we talked about, they do have rims. They do have Monaco within the next month. They have breasts. They have, in between that, Newcastle and Milan in Champions League. I mean, it's just tough mentality-wise. I know they have the talent to win these games, but I just see, you know, what happens if they take a stumble here and there? It's not going to be easy to even keep that three or two spot. Yeah, and, you know, one of the things that, you know, I've always rated Luis Enrique as a manager, but I just think his style does not suit what he has. Right. You know, uh, I think they recently broke a record. I was looking up on, on um, I believe it was on Opta. They made, they broke a record. They made a thousand passes in one game. <laughs> they did not score. <laughs> yeah, like, this is what I'm saying. Like, you can't do that. Like, Tiki Taka does not work. Ronaldinho <laughs> so Tiki Taka does not work unless you got Javi and Iniesta in the midfield. Right. You know what I'm saying? You got to have players of that quality in the midfield, and they don't have it. Right. Period. So I'm not sure that that style works. I'm not sure that, you know, Killian is going to be able to lift him to a league by his lonely because he's always had a Robin to his Batman. And yes. Some would say he was Robin sometimes, and, and Neymar was Batman. But the point is, he always has some kind of foil. It is all on Killian this season. Yes. Everything is on him. There's no Neymar. There's no Messi. There's no Zlatan. There's no other player. No, nobody. Mm -mm. Yeah, and I mean, you have to Colomwani. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say Colomwani. Yeah, where that's after Neymar. No diss to Colomwani, but yeah, and I think that that's like you said. The, I ain't gonna lie, I'm getting that's cooked. the issue. Can Luis Enrique? adjust and we're not seeing it and you're seeing the players are clearly seeing hey go out there and have player initiative do that you're almost having them play the tiki talk without the actual positional awareness to play it forward and get the ball in the net <laughs> yeah that was that that's a really 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 tough pill to swallow i think for a lot of folks but uh, you know I, i'm just not seeing it man i'm not seeing it but uh, last thing we're going to say before we depart is league play will be returning on the weekend. Uh, so, you know, I don't want to talk too heavily about the upcoming matches uh, in the Premier League, like I said. But, you know, Nolan, what, what are what are the matches you're looking forward to? Um, Ironically, I know this is going to sound a little bit funny because okay. I don't want to pick up, you know, just the big top teams. I'm actually kind of looking forward to this Liverpool-Everton match. <laughs> I want to see, I know that Everton are probably going to lose, but it's one of those funny things where it's still a Merseyside derby, yeah. and you just never know what's going to happen. So, 
All right, you know what? That's fair. I think the match for me of the weekend um, is Man City Brighton. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and the reason why I say that is because Man City now nah, lost two in a row. You have Brighton, who just came off a really tough loss. Brighton are probably looking. To, I would argue that Brighton probably would be the team that would come in looking to be the most aggressive. Mm-hmm. I don't think that City would be looking at Brighton like we lost two straight. Let's take it out on them. Yeah. Like I, I just don't feel that from this Man City team. But I feel like Brighton might go into this up for it. Yeah, and, and I mean, if City go three straight losses, oh yeah, whoa, world ending. I mean, Rodri's back, so I don't think it'll happen. But still, yeah, and I think it's a perfect foil. Uh, where you have Man City are more positional, where they play a ball slowly from back to front, and you have Brighton that just want to wreck everything. So it's going to be a perfect match. Yeah, it is going to be a perfect match. That's going to be super hype to watch. Uh, Arsenal versus Chelsea, London Derby. Mm -hmm. Obviously a big deal when there's a London Derby. Uh, Chelsea coming off a masterclass from Raheem Sterling. Yeah. Uh, And Arsenal uh, finally getting the Man City monkey off their back. I would call both these teams in the ascendancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Actually, I have a question for you. Yeah. Who do you think has more to gain from this match, Arsenal or Chelsea, considering Arsenal coming off of that Man City win? Arsenal have more to gain. Okay. Arsenal Arsenal have more. I mean, obviously, Chelsea's in the, in the lower spot, so mm-hmm. it would seem they have more to gain in terms of points. Yeah. But I think Chelsea's um, ambitions are a little bit more realistic, not just from the players, but the fan base, everybody. I think if they make it to Europa League or Conference League, you would have to call the season a success given the start. Right. Um, Where Arsenal, uh, you know, if Tottenham drop points at Fulham, which is possible, um, you know, you're, you're looking at Arsenal going top of the league. And I think for them, especially given how, Ar- you know, how Arsenal have started the league, they'll probably want to start to pick up speed and pick up momentum. Players are getting healthy. People got that extra week of rest. Saka did not go to Europe. Uh, He did not report for uh, international duty, excuse me. And so you got players coming back. So I actually think Arsenal have more to gain. I don't think either team has, quote-unquote, anything to lose because Arsenal is still unbeaten. And Chelsea have given themselves enough buffer to protect themselves from dropping into the relegation zone. Okay. Yeah, I just, I look at it too. I think Chelsea being at home, I think it'll be a very funny match to watch because they were looking out of it. And now it seems like they have a little bit of momentum going up against a a city rival. I think it's going to be pretty fun. I mean, but Arsenal always beats Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Of course. For the last three seasons, they've beat them at Stamford Bridge. I'll say this. If you told me, if I saw this match on the schedule three weeks ago, I wouldn't be as excited as I am now. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. And I think that's testament to Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Right. It's testament to Raheem Sterling. Yes. <laughs> Sterling specifically. We asked him to step up and he stepped up. Uh, you got some other matches going on as well. Brentford Burnley probably has more riding on it than it should. Yeah. Nottingham Forest, Luton, Luton, please get some points. Um, <laughs> Newcastle versus Crystal Palace. I think Newcastle probably. How you feel about that one? I think Newcastle will yeah. win it. Yeah. Uh, also, we got Bournemouth Wolves. <laughs> yeah. That's a toss up. Toss up. I mean, with Pedro Neto and Huang Hee Chan playing the way they playing, I mean, ain't no telling. Yeah. Ain't no telling. I got, I, I, I tap Wolves for this one. Okay. Uh, Sheffield United, man, United. <laughs> Ronaldinho, so sad. I, mean, I wonder if we're in for the, the, the McTominay hat trick. 
No, probably not this time. <laughs> I, you know what? We might be. <laughs> I think that they're playing at home, so maybe Sheffield will feel a little bit, you know, but I think Man U's going to probably run away with it. Sheffield is. Yeah. Shambles. Bad. They're real bad. I mean, you know, uh, also, um, quick recovery, uh, Chris Basham. Yeah. Because, ooh. Terrible, terrible injury. If you're squeamish, don't go look it up. Like, for real. Don't go look it up. Um, And lastly, uh, we talked about Tottenham, Fulham, Ashton Villa, and West Ham. That will be a very exciting match as well. Actually, I would say between Man City, Brighton, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Ashton Villa, West Ham, I mean... All three of those are matches that you could call match of the week, mm-hmm. which is crazy. You could call Ashton Villa versus West Ham match of the week. Yeah, and I think potentially, th- and I think adding to it, it's at Villa Park, which seems to be a fortress lately. So I yeah. think it'll be a fun match. Yeah, it's gonna be really interesting to see all that. So we hope you are excited, geared up, ready, hype, all them other synonyms for these upcoming games. Normally, you get the last word as always. The league matches are back, and we are going to be here every week of the way now for a little while. Yep. So make sure you are subscribed, get liked, get followed, all that stuff. It's football for your soccer at the speed of sound. We'll see y'all.